Hi, my turtle doves. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is Saturday morning, April 17th, and I am not having a good day emotionally. And like I said, I am 100% transparent. I woke up this morning feeling a little bit angry and confused and um, angry, confused, a little bit disencouraged um, for the lack of better words, but those are the, the the gist of my emotions that I'm having today. And I laid for a while and I cried. You know, I started at six, it's 11 o'clock. I stopped crying about 30 minutes ago, so you do the math. <laughs> and that's just my transparency to you. Like I said, I am Christian. I am a 100% believer. I know who my God is, and I know the God that I serve, and I know the joy that he puts in me. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, joy cometh in the morning. But this morning, I wasn't joyful. <laughs> <laughs> but I can laugh now, um, not because everything has gone away, but because my spirit is uplifted. I worshiped God with um, my peers, my fellow peers. Um, I worship God in song and in spirit, and I feel joyful again. I feel like I can get dressed and I can go outside and enjoy the sun and soak it all up. So I wanted to come on here, and I know I sound super excited, but that's when I go down to my low, I always come back up, and I'm at the rooftop where I feel like I'm busting over with joy. But I'll slow down a little bit. Um, just wanted to tell you that it is possible to recover from that place of depression. Like I said, tip your toe in it. Tip your foot in it, but don't go up to your neck to where you feel like you're drowning in depression. Always reach out and always do the thing that it takes to bring yourself out, my turtle dove. Um, I wanted to talk to you about humbleness, meekness, humbleness, meekness. I wanted to talk about humbleness. Um, there's a difference between humble and putting yourself down. Humble and putting yourself down. As I speak, I'm going to pull up the text book definition of humbleness, which is not the same as putting yourself down. When you put yourself down, you refuse to acknowledge the fact that you're just amazing. You refuse to acknowledge the fact that you're different. You refuse to show people who you are. Um, you refuse to show people who you are as a person, to show people your uniqueness, to show your people your abilities, your talents and things like that. You put yourself down because you don't want to hear, oh, she thinks she's better than everybody or, oh, she thinks she this and she thinks she that. And um, so you you put yourself down. The meaning, the, it says that the word of humbleness, the word humbleness is a noun. It says the quality or state of being modest and lacking in pride or arrogance. We need to teach a different kind of leadership, one where humbleness is more important than confidence. Um, you can be confident. Confident is, is okay. Confident and humbleness can't go together. Confident means you know what you know. You know, just like I know who my God is. I know who my God is, the God that I serve, and I know where he's taking me and where I'm going. <laughs> you know, I know the things that he's taught me. I'm confident in the fact that God is the one who made me who I am today. And that, that is a difference between confidence and pride. Pride, the Bible says, um, pride causes destruction. You know, pride is literally like the root of destruction where nobody can tell you nothing. I am who I am. When I sing this song in this key, this is the key that it's supposed to be. But when you are humble, you sing the song and someone comes and says, maybe if you try this and you try it because you humbled yourself to know that you don't know everything. And 
you tried it and now this is a multi-million dollar record, right? Something that you were about to just make a couple thousand dollars off of. Someone came and you humbled yourself and took their advice and now you're a multi-millionaire because of this song that you allowed someone to groom you and teach you. So um, the difference between humbleness, pride, confidence, those things. So when I was younger, um, I spent a lot of time in solitude feeling like no one understood me, always feeling attacked, always told to be quiet. You talk too much, walkie-talkie. Um, <laughs> you got to be careful what you say to kids because they grow up to be adults that are healing from the things that you instilled in them that are not the right things to say to a child. you just like your mama. you just like your daddy. you a liar. Even though they may lie, they're not liars. You have to groom them to not lie, to let them know. And, and, and some kids lie. Because when they tell the truth, you jump down their throats and you don't give them that safe space. Remember, I talked about safe space in one of my other podcasts. You don't give them that safe space to come to you and be honest with you. And now what they have done is allowed the streets to give them the honesty of the streets, which is not the same as the honesty you would want for your child. So allow your child to come and say, mom, I'm thinking that I'm bisexual. And you talk to them, tell them what you think is right or wrong, but love them anyway. Um, allow your child to come to you and say, mom, this part, and, and, and just, um, just an example. When I was younger, I was, you know, molested, whatever, a couple times by a woman, a man, whatever, you know, that that's not the, the topic of discussion. The thing was, is that my mom was strict. She was strict. Um, we had our relationship and I grew to understand it. My mom was the way that she wanted me. The, my mom was the way that she was with me because she didn't want me to be a weak woman. She didn't want me to be a woman that was running down and breaking down behind a man. So I, I understand the era that she was in and the way that she was with me and why she was with me. So that's not the point. But at some point, my mom asked me, She, that, that we were listening and I told you my mom would listen to music. And if the song plays multiple times, that means God is speaking to her. So she's doing my hair and she's playing this song and the song goes, Jesus, you are holy. Just basically tells you about how there's an angel that does nothing but run back and forth and come back to God, feed and reports and tell him how holy he is. And so she's listening to this song over and over. She said, right, finally, she said one more time, because God saying something to me, but I don't know what it is. So then she finally says to me, she said, um, anybody ever touched you? At this time, I'm, I'm 16. I'm not a virgin anymore. Um, and maybe one day I'll do a podcast about how I lost my virginity, which was stupid. But that goes along with allow your children to be honest and open with you so that you can save them from making a mistake. So um, she asked me, has anybody ever touched you? And my brain went through so many different things. Do I tell her now or don't I tell her? Because by this time, Child Protective Services had already um, gotten reports of certain things. And I've had to go and have cameras, pictures taken of my vaginal area and um, have vaginal exams done just to see if I was being abused, which um, there were there was never penetration. There were other things that were done to me. So there was never penetration. Um, maybe fondling that that type of stuff. But I was never penetrated. Thank God for that. Um, so when. 
She asked me, have you ever been touched? I thought about what her adverse reaction would be. What would her response be? Would she call me stupid for not saying anything? Would she attack me um, because I held this in by this time it's 11, 12 years already? Would, what would she do? And so I simply responded, no, you know, never. And she said, by any of my friends, and I said, no. And then remember, I used to live with the lady a lot. So she asked me, has the lady's friends touched you? And I said, no, you know, I, 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 I told that lie because of my thought of what the response would be, you know? And then she goes on to say, are you a virgin? And at that point, you know, I try not to lie. I've always tried not to lie because I feel like one lie begets another lie. So I didn't respond at all. I didn't say yes or no. And she automatically understood what I was saying to her, that I'm not going to tell you yes or no, but you just mostly what you're thinking is true, you know? And then that was another situation, you know, a whole thing that came along with that. So, um, at that point, I was afraid to tell her the truth of what happened to me because of the way that she was with me. But it took for me to get older to understand why she was the way that she was with me. So um, the safe space, the talking to your children and allowing them to express themselves and speak, allow them to, you, you don't, you know how um, people are always like, my child wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my child wouldn't do that, but that's because they have not allowed them kids to be who they are around them and correct that. You know, you have to correct it. Allow them to be who they are in the streets with the friends and allow them to have the conversation that they have with their friends to overpour into your situation so that you can speak into it and say, look, that's not how you that's not how you talk. You know, I'm not saying allow your kids to curse and do all that type of stuff, but I'm saying that if your daughter comes to you and she says things like, I can't wait until I'm a woman so that my feelings don't have to be hurt. You need to speak to that thing. You don't have to be a woman for your feelings to not hurt. You don't have to be a woman for people to acknowledge you and accept the things that you're saying to them. You don't have to be a woman to be respected. You can be a child and still be respected and heard. Um, so basically when I was younger, I got told to be quiet. Um, shut up. You talk too much. Walkie talkie. All you do is talk, 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 talk. Um, what happens in this house stays in this house. Stop telling my business. Um, you know, things like that. And I started to go inside myself and spend a lot of time being quiet. And in my silence, I developed wrong characteristics and wrong, not, not characteristics because my morale has always stayed the same, but I started to develop wrong thinking, wrong thinking that the only person who will listen to me is my boyfriend. That the only person who will hug me and tell me he loves me and that I'm beautiful is a man. Um, that if I do dress a certain way or get my hair done a certain way, um, I'm making too much noise, I'm causing too much attention and I'm taking the attention from the people who deserve it. Um, I spent a lot of time developing wrong thinking. I thought this way for a while. And even sometimes if a person tells me, oh, 
I got to go be with my husband. I'll see you later. I still feel a little tinge of pain and anger because it brings back something from my childhood. Um, I remember I spent, like I said, a lot of time being quiet. So when someone said, come do this drug with me in the sixth grade, or you're not having sex yet, um, or rapping certain lyrics to certain songs and being raunchy and saying certain things, um, I spent a lot of time being silent and watching them do those things. Maybe I sang a little bit of Trina um, alone, but when it came to rapping the lyrics and sharing it in front of a whole group, I just got really, really quiet and allowed the group to be the majority while I faded into the background. And the silence that I maintained while I watched and I listened, um, one girl said, I don't like her. And she wanted to fight me. <laughs> and I cried and I ran home and I used to run. At the, when I got off the bus, I ran home every day. And one day the crossing guard pulled us to the side and she said, why are you chasing this girl home every day? And she said, because I don't like her. And I'm in sixth grade. Um, this girl has a nose piercing. She's having sex already, saying certain words that you don't say out loud. She already has a body odor, <laughs> you know, so that means that there's some type of vaginal, you know, like I'm just saying that th this girl was way growner and advanced, um, you know, compared to me. So the lady, the crossing guard said, why do you want to fight her? And she said, because I don't like her. And she said, well, why you don't like her? She said, because I feel like she thinks she's better than everybody. And when I heard that, um, I started to cry and I started to convince her that I felt like I was nothing, that the majority of the time I wanted to commit suicide, that I wish I wasn't here because I feel bad about myself. I really, really do. I don't think I'm better than anybody. Please just believe me. Um, don't want to fight me because I'm nothing. And then I grew up. A little, I got a little older. My uncle said, you bougie. I don't like you because you bougie. And that was because by that time, I didn't eat certain things anymore. I said no to canned pork. Not that I was better than anybody, but because God allowed me to see that there was something different than welfare pork in the can. Now, if you gave it to me and that was the only thing I had, I'll eat it because I am the struggle. I came from the struggle, but at some point you don't have to stay with the struggle. You don't have to not go buy fresh pork. And I don't eat pork. It's been about three years, but I'm just using that as an example. Doesn't mean that you can't go to the store and buy a pork chop with your own money, as opposed to taking a can of pork from the government. So it was just that I learned that things can be different. It doesn't have to be the way that you were raised. And to hear, oh, I don't like you because you're bougie. You think you're better than everybody. Now, that would be maybe the second, third, or fourth time that I heard it in over my life. And I just said, at this point, I'm not going to laugh too loud. I'm not going to smile too hard. I'm not going to dress too nice. Because I don't want to draw the wrong attention. You have friends that say things like, oh, she got her hair done because she got a little check. Oh, somebody got paid. Those are sneak disses. I can't deal with a person or I can't accept the person who said they love me and turn around and sneak diss by saying, oh, you got your check. So you dressed in nice or whatever the case may be. So um, those are sneak disses that are designed to hold you back.
And um, Pastor Yvette says something about how the devil has hirelings from the time that you are conceived in your mother's womb. So see, the Bible says that God says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I had a plan for you. That I know the thoughts that I have towards you, said the Lord, thoughts to prosper you and to give you all of the things that you desire, not to harm you. So God has a plan from you for you before you even formed in your mother's womb. But when you're formed, the devil also has a plan to you, for you. He assigns certain demons and spirits in your life and they grow up with you. They learn your patterns. They learn what makes you upset. They learn what triggers you. And then people, he puts that spirit in people. The people that are closer to you, the closest to you, are the ones that the devil used to hurt you. So what she says is that the devil has hirelings, and these people don't even know that they're hirelings. All they know is just that for some reason, they don't like you. For some reason, they want to call you bougie. For some reason, they want to say you think you're better than everybody, but that's to knock you down. And that spirit jumps from person to person. It doesn't stay with the same person because you're not raised with the same people all the time. People come and they go, but there's always just this one thing that just been beating on you. And that's that spirit that the devil assigned to you from the time that you were born. And that thing follows you and it jumps from person to person. And sometimes it can get on you and you beat your own self up and tell you, you ain't nothing. Just like I was telling her that I'm nothing. But then um, I, I, I see um, who I am, right? God allowed me to see who I am. God allowed me to sit in the presence of a person and I can feel the pain in their heart and God just says, speak. And I just start talking. I just start talking about what I've been through or where, you know, what I've been through and the things that I learned. And then I'll notice that the person will start to cry or maybe I'll look and they'll start to fidget. You know, that's because I'm speaking to something in them. And I know that God has took me through some stuff. You know, I done lost kids. Um, from miscarriage to a whole full baby. I done lost mom, dad. I done lost people who were supposed to be a part of my life that are just no longer here. So I know what it's like, you know, different aspects. I done been beat on. I done been abused. I done been molested. You know, I done been all type of things. You know, I done, I done, I done, I asked God for peace and strength that no matter what's going on around me, I God just bless me to have the joy, the peace that passes all understanding. So he took me through some stuff, you know, health wise, mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, he took me through some stuff. So, um, it, it seems as though I can touch a part of different people's lives. Like, for example, um, I had a customer yesterday, the day before yesterday, Thursday, and she was just crying and crying and crying when she got to me. She just started crying. I'm like, man, what's wrong with you? And I could have easily just got quiet and asked her, what do you want? You know, what you want? What you, <laughs> what you need today? Tell me, how can I help you? Because you're not responding when I ask you why you're crying. And um, she said her son died, that she had lost her son. And immediately the mother in me who lost my child can identify with her spirit. I identified with her and whatever it was I was feeling at that moment, I put aside for her because I know God to be a healer, a comforter, a mother, a father, a, a, you know, a doctor in the sick room. So I know God to be all of these things, but does she know him to be those things? So let me give you what I learned, you know? So I gave her the scripture from Matthew, blessed are they, they mourn for they shall be comforted and blessed are the meek because they will inherit the earth. You know, that go, the meek, Humble, you know, be humble and God will give you everything you desire. So um, I, I spent a lot of time just being quiet, 
I spent a lot of time just letting things happen. I spent a lot of time learning people. I watched people's mannerism. I listened to what people say about each other when they're not around. And, and it was always comfortable being said in front of me. There was always this comfort of a person to talk about another person in front of me. And as I watched those things, I just learned what not to be. I learned what and who not to be morally and characteristically by watching people in silence. So my silence that God, God you saw my, what, they, they say what the devil meant for evil, God turned it around for your good. So the silence was meant to just keep me quiet and bound silently for my whole life. But God used that thing to build me, you know, to learn what a real love language was. And everybody's love language is different, but my love language is to sit and listen. I listen to you say that you like this and you like that, and I'm going to help you with it. I'm going to give it to you if I can, and it's in my power. I sit and I listen to the bad things that you say about yourself, and then that's the spirit that needs to be casted out of you. I sit and I listen to your silence. I can hear a person even when they're quiet. I can hear their heart. I can hear the deceitfulness. I can hear the anger. I can hear the happiness. Whatever it is that's in that person in the silence, God gave me that gift to hear it. Um, so I, I, my silence was a blessing and a curse at the same time. I grew up as, as now. Now um, I can see the power that God put in me. And I don't want to flex, quote unquote, flex my muscle because I don't want anybody to run from what God has to say to them. Or I don't want anybody to be like, oh, now she thinks she a prophet and a pastor and she thinks she's this and she thinks she's that. And I don't want people to be angry and undo whatever, whatever work that God is doing through me for them because I spoke too loud or too authoritative, you know? So I think that the reason that I'm feeling the way that I feel today is because there's a situation that I need to speak into, but I don't want to speak into it because I don't want to run the person away. And I feel like if they run from me, will they ever receive it? But God didn't put me here to be God or Jesus. God put me here to be a vessel. And he sends me where he needs me to go. And if the person and the, the Bible even tells you that if they receive it, so be it. But if they don't, they'll perish. And I don't want these people to perish, you know, and I, I spend a lot of time, you know, putting myself down and putting my feelings away and hiding the things that I'm going through. So, like, I um, if I'm not feeling good in my body that day or maybe I'm not emotionally stable that day, but if I see someone else not emotionally stable immediately. I don't know if it's maternal instinct, but the God that, the, you know, the love that God put in me stands up and say, all right, listen, you're going through what you're going through, baby, but somebody needs you. And I hear it so frequently. I know you feel it and I know it hurt, baby, but somebody needs you. It's all just the work of the devil to keep you bound and keep your mouth closed. Somebody needs you. And, you know, I feel like the weight of the world on my shoulders, but it feels so good when I was able to speak into that lady's life and she stopped crying. She held her chin up and her resilience, you beautiful human beings. In her resilience, she held her chin up and she said, I can make it, it's rough, but I can make it, it's rough, but I can smile, it's rough, but I'll find peace and joy again. You know, and I don't take, I don't ever wanna take credit for that. That's why I say, God, keep me humble, you know? Don't let me beat myself up. Don't let me doubt myself and knock myself down, but keep me humble. 
put that humbleness in me that when I do that, I don't be like, yeah, God, I did that. But God, you did that and you are amazing. You do that for me and I know you can do it for somebody else. Um, And my browser, you know, it only allows me to record um, 30 minutes at a time. So I'm at 23 minutes right now. So I'm trying not to get too deep into a subject or say too much and then have to be like, I'll be right back. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so um, I sang a song. I'm going to attach it to this podcast and I hope you enjoy it. But it's like so many times when I'm like my body, my body, you know my heart, my mind, my desires, the things that I want, God, when will I get them? You know? (laughs) And then the Bible turns around and says things to me like, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all things will be added unto you. Forget not that your main goal is to make it to me and hear me say, well done. (laughs) You know? So that's another thing that makes it so easy for me to just lay down my desires and wants of my heart and just pick up what God wants for me and for other people. It makes it easy for me to say that because I remember what it felt like when I held my son and he flatlined in my arms. I remember what it felt like when he didn't go completely until someone else showed up, you know? So I remember those things and I remember the pain that I felt feeling that I was a murderer for a long time. But, you know, I remember feeling like nobody loved me and that I was on the phone one day with the lady and I was telling her, I just feel like I, I want to die. And by the, I was high. I was, I was good and high and drunk. And I was talking to her, but these emotions were real. And I said, I just feel like I want to die because it hurts so bad and nobody want me. This is what she said. And the tone so proper. Hey, would you mind holding on for a second? Let me call this guy and let him know I'm outside. She put me on hold and I stayed on hold for at least five minutes. I just hung up the phone. And it was just a continuous feeling of nobody wants me in my sadness. Nobody wants me in my healing stage. But God wanted me. When I tell you last year was the best year of my life, God stopped me in my tracks. He said, you on the path of destruction with this man. You on the path of destruction with the way you're thinking. You on the path of destruction continuously telling me that I lied when it was you who moved yourself out of the position. You were in the posture of prayer. You were in the posture of receiving. You were in the posture of your purpose in life and you moved because of something that you felt and feelings are a liar feelings are the biggest liars ever and if you listen to those things you definitely on the wrong path you know so he, he he had to stop me and tell me it was you baby it was you you left me and i would never leave you don't give up on god because he won't give up on you he's able you know what I mean? So he's able exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask for. But I moved because of a feeling. I moved because of an emotion. I moved because that spirit came and I didn't know what else to do. And that's because I didn't have a relationship with God. I knew who he was, who they told me to be, who he, who I knew who he was. I, I knew who he was and I know who they told me he could be and who he was. But I didn't know him for myself. And last year was the best year of my life because I found out that 
I can go sit with God and be 100% vulnerable and don't worry about him going to go tell Keisha what I said about how I cried and about how when I couldn't feed myself, he sent people to bless me. I don't have to worry about God telling people, oh, look, you know, she's smiling and she's doing podcasts, but you know, she's a little miserable inside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She dressed up nice, but she don't really think she that beautiful. I don't have to worry about God sharing my most intimate moments, my intimate secrets with anybody because he's a lover of my soul. And the giver of my joy, the one who won't take it back, the one who gives it to me freely. And all I have to do is just say yes, to lay down my will and pick his up. So I'm going to go ahead and stop the video right now. I don't know if I'll come back. For, well, I do have to come back for a second part, right? Because I have to challenge you to something, my turtle dove. So I'll be right back with you after these, this commercial. <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> so this second portion after the commercials, um, this second portion after the commercial is not going to be too um, long. It's just going to be really quick to give you the challenge. But I wanted to bring up something that people say. They say, you know, who are they and why are they always talking, right? <laughs> they say that a little girl should be seen and not heard. They tell little boys that you need to be a man. Don't be talking about your emotions and being all emotional, right? So the hireling, the devil that's assigned to your life, little girl and little boy, taught you to hide your feelings and not talk about the things that's bothering you or talk about the things that are not right that you see. So you were taught from the time that you are a child growing up, um, what happens in this house stays in this house. Little girls should be seen, not heard. Little boys should stomach their emotions and just move on with life like nothing ever happened. You're taught to just be quiet and deal with it. But what if you taught your children to speak out? What if you taught your children that if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything? What if you allowed your child to make their own choices? What if you allowed your child to say, I don't like that, instead of them making, making them accept something that they don't like and they grow up just taking things that they don't really like, you know, letting their boyfriend scream at them. They don't like it, but they're not going to say nothing because they were taught to take it. Eating certain foods, you know, chitlins, collard greens with ham hocks, pork, <laughs> that type of stuff. And they don't really like it, but I grew up on it. My mama made me eat it, so I'm going to eat it. What if you raised a child with a healthy communication, with healthy thoughts about themselves? They pick up negativity and things along the way, but you want to always, they train up a child in the way that they should go. When they're old, they will not depart from it. They might stray away, but they'll be back to it because it's their root, that foundation. You know, that big old oak tree with those hundred years of roots that even the strongest lightning of lightnings and the strongest winds of winds and tornadoes can't uproot it because it's deeply rooted. It's deep. My soul has been anchored in the Lord. <laughs> you know, what if we raised health instead of shut up? You know, so my beautiful, amazing, resilient turtle dove, my challenge to you today is to choose humbleness with confidence and not put yourself down. To be humble and confident 
and not put yourself down. Let your uniqueness shine. If you have an ability, use that ability to the best of you. Use that ability to the best of your ability. <laughs> you know, use that talent to the best of your ability. Give it to the world because the world needs it. Because if it didn't, you wouldn't be here, right? So if you can draw, draw. If you can sing, sing. If you can write, write. If you can cook, cook. If you can dress, dress. If you can do hair, do hair. Whatever it is you can do, you do it and you do the mess out of it. Because the Bible tells you that whatever it is that you do, you do it as if you're trying to please the Lord. And that is the ultimate goal. We want to please God because what's happening right here on earth doesn't last forever. We know that because we lose family members every day. What really, really matters is that when you're gone, if you believe in God, that you stand in front of him and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And he doesn't say, depart from me because I don't know you. I love you, my turtle dove. Have an amazing Saturday. I'm fasting until 2 or 3 p.m., depending on however, whatever time I get up and get dressed and get out the door. But I hope today you enjoy a meal, a laugh, a hug, a safe place in conversation with your family members, that you learn a new healthy pattern. And I hope you have an amazing day. I love you. I love you. And let the Lord watch between you and me as we are apart from another until my next podcast. Bye, my turtle dove. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life so I can be free. So I can be whole. So I can tell everyone I know. change my life and I will praise you I'll worship you I'll give you glory because I am free because I am whole so I will tell everyone I know you are simply to die for and that's why Jesus gave his life on the cross, so that you can be free from any type of bondage, free from any type of addiction, free from any type of infirmity. Allow your spirit to grow and your flesh to die, because your flesh is what takes you to hell. I love you, my turtle dove.